Welcome to The Last Zebra. I'm your host, Dr. Ugo Ezema, and today I have the pleasure and honor of having as my uh, guest today, Ashley Brown, Dr. Ashley Brown. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's great right. to be here. I really appreciate you coming by. Yeah. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. So I am um, from New Orleans, born and raised, and I'm a radiation oncologist here um, at a hospital system. Um, I cover multiple sites and um, I see a little bit of everything. I am, um, I guess this is about three years out of residency. So starting to get into a swing of practice now. How, how does one become a radiation oncologist? Because I, I'm, I'm, I feel pretty strongly that I had no idea mm -hmm. what that even entailed. And I think probably deep into my training, like regimen, did I, like, how did you get to become a radiation oncologist? Was that something you were always interested in? And how did you even get that interest? Yeah, yeah, that's a really good question. Uh, because most people don't know about it. I didn't know about it until third year of medical school. Mm. Um, I knew I wanted to go into oncology. Um, because I don't know if it's necessarily because, but definitely my mom had breast cancer. So that's been a big, you know, thing in my life that's kind of driven some of my choices. Um, so knowing I want to go in, into oncology, you know, you're a med student, you get this elective catalog. So I'm just trying to find like whatever electives I can that are oncology related and literally just stumble upon radiation oncology. And I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, what's that? Um, and I just, I loved it when I did my rotation. So. How do you feel that's different from medical oncology? So in terms of interests of going into oncology, because mm -hmm. oncology is a very, very broad field, right? Mm -hmm. So for everybody part, there's probably a specialist in oncology for that. Mm -hmm. um, how do you, how, 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 how did your interests say diverge from medical oncology to mm -hmm. radiation oncology? Oh yeah. So radiation oncology and medical oncology are different. Um, with radiation, we use x-rays basically to treat mm -hmm. cancer. Medical oncologists are the doctors that use chemo or other medicines to treat cancer. Um, so one thing I kind of thought about was chemo. A lot of people, they hear the word chemo and they get scared because you get, they're like, oh, we get so many side effects with chemo. Mm -hmm. um, I, my grandmother was so sick when she had chemo because they're drugs that are systemic, like they go through your whole body, you get kind of messier side effects with chemo. Radiation's different because radiation treatments are local treatments, so we only treat like a certain area. So the side effects aren't as like messy or like hard to manage. So that was one thing. Um, but the big thing was that to do medical oncology, you do an internal medicine residency. So you do four years of training, like in internal medicine, mm -hmm. working in a hospital, mm -hmm. doing ICU shifts, doing call shifts, all of that. Um, with radiation oncology, we you jump straight into the radiation, basically. Residency. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You do one year of internal medicine. Um, it's called like a prelim year, right, right. which is very chill. And, <laughs> you know, you don't have like all the expectations of the people who are actually pursuing internal medicine because <clears throat> everyone knows that. That's not what you're going to do. But you do that just to get like a background. But then you do four years of radiation oncology. So mm. um, that was probably the biggest thing. Are there any subspecialties in radiation oncology? Like sub like subfellowships? 
There are starting to be more. It's not it's not really a big thing, but if you have a particular interest, um, some that come to mind are like pediatrics. Mm. Um, we have certain procedures in radiation. So if you're into certain procedures, you can do like a extra training in that. But they're not like big programs like you think about um, like big fellowships, like a poem fellowship or something like that. Nice, nice. Yeah. Well, now that you've been practicing, it's been three years, three, four years. Yeah. What has been the reinforcing um characteristic of your job that mm-hmm. makes you feel like this is I, I made the right choice what what are some things that happen on a day-to-day basis for you that that you feel rewarded for the journey it took you to get here mm-hmm. to today mm-hmm. and make the job worthwhile mm-hmm. oh my goodness this is gonna be an emotional talk <laughs> <laughs> um well so okay and separate from like what's rewarding about it. Um, my specialty is definitely more of like a lifestyle specialty. So, Mm. um, there are, I feel like a handful of specialties in medicine, um, or if you just have a really good job that are good for work life balance, Mm -hmm. you know, like, um, specialties where you're not on call for a lot of your, you know, working time, um, and that your hours are like, clinic and then home. So radiation is definitely that way. It's kind of that setup. You know, we have patients that get treated and then we're done and we go home. We don't have like a heavy call schedule. Right. So that works well for me, you know, with my daughter and um, family, like work-life balance. So I think every day that's just, I really appreciate that. (laughs) Um, But also, you know, in terms of the reward. So I feel like we're going to end up talking about my mom in this a lot. Um, she, like I said, she had breast cancer. And so just every day you, you get the opportunity to connect with your patients for a long amount of time with my specialty, because when someone's getting a course of radiation, it's typically several weeks of treatment. Mm -hmm. And we will usually see those patients at least once a week to check in on them, see if they're having side effects So you really build like a relationship with them Mm -hmm. over time and this rapport and this, you know, especially some patients, you just connect with them more. Um, And so that ends up being really rewarding when you see patients in follow up and they've done well um, and, you know, their cancers responded well and you know that you had something to do with that. You know, that's that's really rewarding. Um, And I just feel like. It just seems like I have a good perspective from when I was on the other side with my mom. My mom didn't actually have radiation treatment, but just knowing like how scary it is when you're Mm -hmm. going through that as a family and what you're looking for from your doctors. um, Like I feel like I'm always thinking about her during the day when I'm interacting with patients, like how would my mom like to hear this or how would um, she have wanted her doctor to interact? So I just feel like that kind of brings it all full circle for me it does sound emotional and i think yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you but cancer is emotional mm-hmm. i think it takes such a heavy toll on on the person the family mm-hmm. sometimes the even beyond the family can take a toll on a, on a very close-knit community mm-hmm. it feels like it can be a heavy burden to deal with that on a day-to-day basis especially from a provider perspective yeah. how, how do you navigate that like especially knowing your own history 
with yeah. your mom. Yeah. How do you navigate those emotions? I, I, it's, I can't imagine I would tear up I, if, I, <laughs> if I thought about something like that, especially for someone I cared about. Mm-hmm. How do you navigate those emotions? That's a really good question. <laughs> and that's why I think I like started with the fact that I'm three years out into practice mm-hmm. and I'm really still figuring that out because I have um, I'm in a group with three other doctors and our senior partner, she's been practicing for like 30 years. Wow. And so she, we learn a lot from her and how she navigates dealing with those emotions um, because you get connected. I mean, we're human, so you get connected to people, you get connected to their stories. Um, and when things don't go the way you'd want them to, which happens a lot, because right. um, that's just the nature of cancer sometimes, it's hard and you break down, you cry with patients, you know? Um, and I don't think I have a good way yet of like <clears throat> managing that. I mean, I guess like I do things that I would do otherwise, like take care of myself. Like I mm-hmm. do yoga, um, I pray, I sleep when I need to, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> things like that. But I, I do, I feel like I'm going to have to figure out how to, I don't want to say not to get so connected, but just to, you know, like healthy ways for me to cope as a provider mm. with um, that like burnout of, right. you know, dealing with really sad stuff every day. So, yeah. And when, I mean, I just feel like in life, we're all so busy, <clears throat> you know, like you're married, you have kids. So you have all these other things. And I, for the most part, I have like a hard day at work then you come home and you're thrust into another role. So you don't really have a lot of time to, to like process that necessarily or like deal with it. So it's kind of like wash, rinse, repeat type thing, you know? Um, but yeah, I'm, I'll learn someday how to, how to balance it. I I always think about one of, one of my tenets is to try to, I think of home as a job as well. Mm hmm. However, I, however that comes off, but I, I mean it in a positive way. So the, the same way that you're, you're supposed to show up at, at, at home, I mean, at work, you're supposed to show up at work, you're supposed mm-hmm. to be professional, you're supposed to be all of those things, teamwork, all that stuff that, you know, those, uh, those plaques and stuff they put up in office spaces. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I try to apply the same sort of professionalism to, to home, right? right? So, um. So home itself becomes something that I, sh- I strive <laughs> to be professional about. So I, tr- yeah. I strive to be professional about being a husband, strive to be professional about being a father, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> it is challenging. It's tough, right? So like um, I, and mm-hmm. part of the reason I almost always, I think moving forward, I will always have like a, some kind of gap between home and work in terms of distance because I like, I enjoy that drive. Yeah. I enjoy that drive because yeah. that's my time to to kind of decompress either way, right? Mm-hmm. And switch into the the different mode. Yeah. You mentioned your senior partner. Mm-hmm. How how is how is how are they how have they voiced how they've been coping with that kind <laughs> of stuff? <laughs> um yeah, I'm thinking about like where this is gonna air, but I mean <laughs> let's just say like sometimes people use 
things to cope, mm-hmm. things that are prescribed maybe. Um, and just like the fun thing about living in New Orleans is that our culture is so social yeah. and, you know, just everyone thinks of New Orleans as like this like really fun place and like everyone's partying all the time. But we really do like we um, we invest a lot in like celebrating things, I feel like, in New Orleans. And so like even like funerals, there's like, you know, the second line at the end, like yeah. the, the music starts off kind of somber. Um, then you have like essentially this parade to celebrate someone's life. Right. So. You know, even when we have patients that um, we got connected to and we learn about if they've died, um, there's a lot of events usually to like memorials for patients. Mm -hmm, And so like mm -hmm. we do we participate in a lot of those. Um, So I feel like that's like a good outlet for grief. But then also just your work environment, too. I think that's important. We have in all the clinics I'm at, we have really great relationships with everyone we work with Mm -hmm. and um, just like getting out and going out for drinks or whatever, just hanging out with the people you work with um, who kind of share that same burden of like dealing with hard stuff every day. Um, I think I've learned from my senior partner that like definitely lean on the people that you work with because um, even if you change jobs, you know, life takes you a different path. Just always make sure you have people that you can um, de-stress with, however that is, you know, and like, when I was in residency, um, we have, <clears throat> so with radiation, you know, we're the physicians, but the people that actually operate the machines are called therapists. Okay. Um, so radiation therapists? Radiation therapists, okay. yeah. So like the same people that operate CT scanners, but then there's a subset that do treatment radiation. Gotcha. So um, I had like a slew of therapists that I got really close with and we would like work out together. We would go to the spa together. So, yeah, I think that's um, something I've learned. But also, like, medication if you need it. Like, you know, if if your mental health is really taking a toll um, and that's therapy, medication, that's what you need, I think that's important. Yeah, it, it, it behooves us, especially in our fields, to be as close to the best version of ourselves as possible. And... If that requires you, you know, taking some time or taking whatever you need to take to Mm -hmm. kind of, well, not whatever, but (laughs) yeah, taking what you need to take to kind of be the best version of yourself for yourself, for your family and for your patients. Yeah. Given the impact that we're capable of having Mm -hmm. when we're fully and truly present. I agree with that wholeheartedly. I need to be better about um, taking that time, actually. I think I... I need to be better about doing that. For I, yourself? Yeah. 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 I need to, I, I, I keep saying, I, I like the idea of therapy. I've never gone, but I've always really? wanted to. Yeah. I've mm-hmm. always wanted to. And not always. I think as I've grown and I've heard and spoken to a lot of friends and, and colleagues that have done therapy, mm-hmm. um, especially therapy related to the, to the impact of medicine on our lives mm-hmm. right the impact of the the burden sometimes a moral injury that we can we can face mm-hmm. from the decisions that are being made the decisions that we have to make mm-hmm. and the losses that we take yeah, yeah. um so I, I i definitely need to be more proactive and more um 
engaged on on taking care of that side of things i feel like you're probably like the therapist <laughs> like mindset it's like was it like the joke doctor heal yourself like you but you like always i feel like you see the world in like the way that a therapist talks to people so like but of course you can't be your own therapist because that's know. you know I, I i what's saving me is that i i was just telling this to a patient yesterday in a very it's in the ICU. And mm-hmm. it's, it was a very, it's a very dire situation, but I am a hopeless optimist. And I think toggling the line between <clears throat> hope, because we can't, we can't act on hope, right? So hope is an inactionable thing. It's, a, it's, a, it's very abstract. Mm. But in medicine, we, we, we tend to act on things that we can act on. I know mm. that's kind of redundant in the way I said it, but you, you, you have an objective data that you can act on. Mm-hmm. Hope is very abstract. You, oh, can't, yeah. you can't act on hope. No. Um, so I was, ta- I was talking to a patient about that and how somehow that hope, that op- like hopeless uh, optimism mm-hmm. kind, of, kind of helps me in a way, right? It, because for the one person that it actually works out for, I think that covers me for a month. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, so like just the one person that you, you know, you make some sort of a difference for. And I think what I've been learning too is that losing, especially the, the, the idea of winning and losing in medicine, losing a, losing a patient or something like that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes those things are out of your control. In fact, most of the times it's out of your control. Yeah. And so navigating that and understanding that it's not a win-loss kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's about how you transition our patients and mm-hmm. take care of them from a human perspective. One of my favorite quotes mm-hmm. uh, from medicine is from Voltaire. Mm-hmm. The art of medicine is to entertain the patient mm-hmm. while nature takes its course. Mm-hmm. And I hold that very dear to me. That's amazing. Uh, yeah. yeah, I hold it very dear to the way I practice. And I think that kind of acts as a, as a buffer yeah. to a lot of those like heavy, heavy moments. Oh yeah. That's, yeah, that's really, really good because, um, with radiation, we are a very like physics heavy mm-hmm. specialty. There's a lot of like measurements and like anatomy and like trying to be precise about the way things are planned yeah. and the way the treatment's delivered. There's a lot of stuff that we obviously like try to control in the process of treating someone. And then if something doesn't turn out well for that patient, you're like racking your brain of like what happened here, like what step could have been done better. But like, you're absolutely right. Sometimes it's just nature taking its course. And it's about like relinquishing that feeling of thinking that you have control over everything. Right. Um, That, that expectation that leads to you being more burnt out. I'm like, I think for me at least for sure. Um, so I think that's a really amazing point. I'm going to try to keep that close to me. Now. Yeah. It, it, it really, yeah. it, I, I think of it every day, mm-hmm. you know, being, being, oh, there's another good quote, uh, talking. It's about, a, it's like basically a good doctor takes care of the disease mm-hmm. and a great doctor takes care of his patients. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think about that as well, mm-hmm. right? So the, the human beings that are in front of us, right. sometimes we, sometimes our role is to just be a partner or a yeah. listener or just a, a, a presence that understands what they're going through. Yeah. And in that way, 
in that sense, yeah. you're, you're always succeeding, right? So you're, you're mm -hmm. fulfilling a role that is beyond physician in the way that we think of, like clinician in the way that we think of mm -hmm. um, disease processes. That's so true yeah, because yeah. patients, when they like, I don't know if you get feedback or reviews ever from patients, mm -hmm. they're not like... Dr. Zima is, you know, he's really skilled with his EBUS. Like they're not like talking <laughs> right, about the right, technical right, stuff. And right. like when I get reviews, they're not like Dr. Brown's like, the, I'm going to say some stuff that probably doesn't make sense. Her contouring is amazing or like right, her, right. like her image review, you know, like they're <laughs> like, she was so nice. Right. She like made me feel comfortable. She, I mean, you know, I'm trying to make it seem like I'm bragging, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah, 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 they, yeah. like you're saying, they compliment the human side of you, like the part that just makes them feel comfortable during this hard time. And Absolutely. so, so yeah. And it's just like, I don't want to, I don't blow that, like those reviews off, but you're kind of like, oh, you know, like that's nice, but you know, humble. I want to humble. Yeah. But, <laughs> but like, I want to like, I feel good if like someone has done well, but it's like, well, maybe if they didn't do well, like you said, it's not because there was anything wrong, but like, that's just what was supposed to happen. But you still touched their lives or you exactly. still impacted them. And that was maybe, this is like therapy for me. <laughs> that was like what you were supposed to do as a, as a doctor in that yeah. moment. So yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. I, 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 I think the more interesting patients are the ones that, because the ones you remember, right, are mm -hmm. the ones that um, they do something for you. And 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 I, there's no rhyme or reason as to who these patients are. It could be anybody. Mm -hmm. Like I, I have teared up with a patient that I have. I don't know why I'm tearing up with this particular. I don't know why. Mm -hmm. Why this one mm -hmm. and not, um, not the other. You know, five. I think Doctor. Uh, I spoke to Tanya Kohal, my, uh -huh. my partner. Uh -huh. And she brought up that point too. Is like there's no rhyme or reason, and maybe it's just a, a an attrition thing, mm -hmm. or it's just that this one story really, really gets to you. Yeah, for sure. Um, but it's beautiful. It's worthwhile. It's worthwhile. I, I love it. Yeah, I do miss the commute because you know we used to have the same yeah, commute yeah, before yeah. I left um, my first job, and um, just like you're right, like the ability to de-stress because <laughs> now my commute is much shorter and so I'll have like whatever hard day for whatever reason cried with the patient and I get in my car and I'm like ready to turn my podcast on and then by the time I like get it set up I'm home <laughs> I know. Yeah. so so yeah. it's really good to have um time to like process you know everything from your day so I hope you do that yeah I think I learned that actually when I did my psych rotation, I was in Baltimore. Really? Yeah, I did my psych rotation in Baltimore in Townsend. Well, not not Baltimore in Townsend, but I lived in Baltimore. So I went to a Caribbean medical school. Yeah. So we do all of our rotations. Oh, so you got to rotate in different different places. Wow. Yeah, but I spent the vast majority of my time between Baltimore and Chicago. Wow. Yeah, so I lived between Baltimore and Chicago about two two years. Yeah, for clinicals. So you. You, cause like, okay, where you, you just picked a place and like you would go to different areas. It wasn't like for every rotation you were in a different part of the country. No, no, no. Okay. So you, you would try to bundle it all in yeah. the same kind of hospital if you okay. could. Mm -hmm. So I went to Harbor Hospital in Baltimore for internal medicine and a few other uh, rotations. Mm -hmm. 
And then, now I don't remember the name of the psych hospital, but it's a psych hospital in Townsend. Townsend, which is about 30 minutes from Baltimore. Mm -hmm. So I would always take a bus, mm -hmm. take the public transportation. Or if one of my boys could, you know, give me a ride and I go with them. Yeah. But psych is a very heavy field yeah. too, right? So um, that drive or even, even if it's on the bus with the headphones on and I'd get home and I'm just like, yeah, I need, I like. Mm -hmm. I had to come home to, and I lived in a, in a house with other medical students. Mm -hmm. So, um, and I'm a social person. So I think having to come, cause home was hanging out with the, with, the, with your roommates. Right. So, mm -hmm. and some days I didn't want to hang out, but the drive yeah. certainly helped. Right. right. By the time I got home, I was, I felt ready enough to be around other people right, yeah. in that way. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think ever since then, I think I told because even when I did my resident my residency at Shaber, mm -hmm. I lived thirty minutes purposefully away oh. in Thibodeau so that I could have some a sort commute. of commute to kind of interesting. So I've, I, I've I've I will make it a point. The only other time this I wasn't able to do that was for fellowship, mm -hmm. and because uh, I lived in New Orleans, mm -hmm. so and I did my fellowship at Tulane, so super close. It was super close. Yeah, fifteen minutes. And I noticed the difference. Right. So, and you, but yeah. yeah. And by that time I was married, I had my kids, uh -huh. a kid. And, um, so I noticed the difference. Like I was much more exhausted and it's not, it wasn't, and I, I, I would make the case of fellowship was an easier time than, oh, okay. than residency yeah. just based off of the work of mm -hmm. residency and fellowship. Mm -hmm. But it was harder because of, you know, the switch from, Husband and father to doctor physician was very yeah. rapid for me. And yeah, I know a lot of people do it. Yeah, I know a lot of people do it all the time, but I noticed that difference too. Yeah. So I'm then, I'm always interested in how people juggle that because For real. It's I mean, yeah, like people have when if people decide to have kids, I feel like just like there's no good time in medical training. No good time. You know what right, I mean? Right, like, right, right. And people do it. I have friends who had a kid like kids in med school like as a medical in med school as a, yeah mm -hmm. um and then or i know people did that did and then i have like co-residents from residency who had a kid like intern year and then she pretty much had a kid almost every year of like her residency wow <laughs> um yeah so she's at like four right now Oh, she's is she. <laughs> Shout out to this my is, Lynn. This is, this is you're making a pitch for uh, radiation because then. Well, that's what I'm saying. So it is for work-life balance. Yeah, and like our program was very, um, you know, like when you interview, they're like, "Oh, we're super family friendly, and like everyone has kids." And so again, that was a big draw. Um, but yeah, like I have one kid, and I don't know how I would juggle. <laughs> kids with my job but I mean and just yeah everyone's so different um and and yeah like coming home and you're immediately in like a whole mom different mode. Yeah. yeah it's um a mom mode is a very different mode from almost every other mode I would make the case because from dad mode from dad mode, oh, yeah. <laughs> I would I, I see it every day yeah like so my, if I spend a day with my daughter and my son my son is um a year and some change. Mm -hmm. And my daughter is now four. She just turned four, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. And if if I'm off and for the reason um, it's dad day, right? So we're just hanging out all day. Mm -hmm. I gave her breakfast. I'm using Benet, uh, Bijou, my daughter, as an example in this case. Mm -hmm. But this is how it happens. Yeah. <laughs> all the time. 
I give her breakfast, we hang out, I mm-hmm. give her lunch, she hang out, I give her, you know, dinner or some snacks in between here and there. Mm-hmm. We're having a fantastic time. Mm-hmm. Best day ever mm-hmm. for both of us. <laughs> and the minute my wife comes home, she she's a different human being. Different person. Oh she's my god. She's a completely different human being. She okay. she's she becomes, oh, I'm so hungry. I'm like I didn't feed you. <laughs> <laughs> what? Okay, you, my, you were just hanging out. My husband will say that because, like, uh, you know, I'll get home very much exact same situation, and Olivia is all of a sudden like she's fussing or something, and I'm like, what? What happened? What'd you do? <laughs> and he's like, she was fine, Ashley. Like it was just you came home, and now she's different. And like I don't believe it. I'm like, it's a real thing. It is okay. A hundred percent a real well, thing. Well, now I have to believe it. It is. A hun- <laughs> I, I, I'm looking at her. <laughs> like, where's my baby girl? Right. <laughs> you feel this perfect child? Like my road dog the whole day. Yeah, you know? we've been like... hanging out all day, <laughs> hanging out, watching Disney movies, etc., mm-hmm. etc. What happened? Yeah, she literally just flips. The same thing with my son. Like my son will be hanging out, sitting on me mm-hmm. now, and he already, they already have it like down to a science. Yeah, he will be sitting on me, and if Benet just walks by, he just like throws his, he just loses his mind. Loses he's like, mind. oh my goodness. Yeah. So mom mode is definitely much more challenging, I would say. Yeah. Because the kids, um, young kids, because we have young kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, young kids, young kids for sure. They, they, I don't know what it is. I, I have no, I have no like hormonal or something. I, I don't know what it is. I have no empiric evidence or data to kind of support why they behave this way. Mm-hmm. Um, but kids are, you know, it's probably a good sign that you're a great, fantastic mother because mm-hmm. they kind of it's are, secure attachment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, I, I smile at it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't hurt me at all. Like I get some kind of reprieve anyway, right? So like mm-hmm. they just run along and go be a nuisance to mom. Um, from a dad's perspective, <laughs> I smile at it, but I objectively know what it means. It means that my wife is is, is an excellent mother, right? So like course, that's the way yeah. I think about it. Yeah. So that makes, that brings me some joy, even though it's causing her some sort of a yeah. <laughs> short-term uh, short, <laughs> short term discomfort. Short-term, yeah. yeah. I mean, like you come home and like I try to like be grateful. Like I don't have... I feel like I'm blessed with my job, you know, Mm -hmm. and like for many reasons. Um, And also just like the hours, like I said, like I'm not working till like nine o'clock at night and coming home and then having to cook dinner, you know? So like, I'm very blessed, but like you're still, you're burnt out and you come home and like what you would do if you were single, you would get in bed, you know, like I would get in bed. I would lay down. I would like watch TV. The second I come home, Olivia's, like screaming run to the door and we like it's playful you know yeah. and like we hug but like i have to have full energy and attention and i mean i'm probably like ragged like my face is probably like worn but like you gotta like turn it on all of a sudden so do i'm you, glad you recognize and appreciate that absolutely. <laughs> do you have a um do you get overstimulated like from yeah. yeah yeah so my wife is exact same way so she she does get overstimulated from from mm-hmm. touch right so mm-hmm. But, but the kids have no sense of what that Mm-mm. means. So they are on her physically all the time, mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. Um, so I, <laughs> and she will say it. I'm overstimulated. And, and she will say it to the kids. And they're just like. They're like, what? Yeah. Whatever. Anyway, 
back on your face. Exactly. And, and so, yeah, um, <laughs> I have an intimate respect and appreciation for motherhood as, 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 as a large, at large. Mm-hmm. Um, watching it from this perspective, from the partner perspective, it's, it's truly, truly something. Um, of course, we, we I, I couldn't appreciate that with my own mom because like I, I was the nuisance, right? <laughs> in my, when I was a kid, but For watching sure. it from this, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty cool to see it, mm-hmm. but I know, like, I appreciate that, like that can be overwhelming, not to mention yeah. all the other stuff that yeah. you'd have to deal with coming home from yeah. that to that. Oh yeah. I feel like overstimulate is such like a buzzword now. Like I feel like our moms... Well, and generations are different. So like yeah. our moms who were like in the boomer generation, maybe just weren't like as physical. So like I didn't really. That's a good point. I don't, I don't ever like my mom and I, we didn't like hug a lot, but like we have a great relationship. Like know that she loves me more than anything, but it wasn't about like physical touch. And so, and then like, I feel like the push towards, um, I don't know if you guys did this when you had your kids, mm-hmm. like. Uh, skin to skin contact mm, being yes. like a big thing. Yes, we did that. Cause like my mom, you know, I had this whole thing of like when my for my birth plan of like when Olivia was born, like hey, well, you know, you do skin to skin and then you try to feed and all this stuff. Mom's like skin to skin. <laughs> she's and then like so when Olivia's clingy, she's like that's cause that's skin to skin. Like you know, <laughs> I don't know why you guys thought you had to do that. Like take your shirt off. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. So I don't know if it's just like different. I don't think that that is why our kids are like trying to hug us. Yeah, I think yeah, that's yeah. just humans. You know, we just that's just something you do. But we're just so much more aware of these things now and able to like say, yeah, like I'm overstimulated. Like I'm right, being touched right, too right, much, right. you know, and maybe our parents just didn't have the words for that or they just told us get away. Right. Right. <laughs> um, I do yeah. think that we we're, we're a very different generation. I, I, I don't think I'm the father I thought I would be. Um, How so? I'm a lot stricter than I thought <laughs> I would be. <laughs> really? Yeah. I'm a lot stricter um, than I thought I would be. And I think often I measure myself to my own father. I think my father did a very good job to be a dad for us. Mm-hmm. Um, the best he could, mm-hmm. I think, right? right? And when I think of myself, I have two kids. At no point do I, like, I don't think my kids see me the way I see my dad or I used to see my dad hmm. when I was younger. Hmm. So I'm... Like our personalities are so different. Mm-hmm. I'm 35. Uh, I don't know what, how old my dad was when I was born, but probably a little older than I am now. But he was certainly much more of the, you know, st- stern, stoic, mm-hmm. you know, very few words, that kind of stuff. But yeah. I am, my personality is just... I, I, very different. I, yeah. yeah you're I'm, not like that at all. Yeah, I'm, I'm love... I'm loving. I like to hug. I'm, yeah. I'm a I'm a physical playful, person. Yeah, yeah, I'm playful, mm-hmm. and I, and I'm like that with my kids. Yeah. Um. And when I say I'm stricter than I thought, I really thought I was going to lean real hard into like playful dad, like real hard. Mm-hmm. But then I don't know what happened. That I, I'm definitely stricter than I that I anticipated that I would be. Yeah. We're always just gonna be like our parents. I know. Like in the end of the day, it's inevitable. Like it just it's impossible. It's so strange how yeah. that happens. Cause yeah, like the things we maybe don't want to do because our parents did, um, you just, you it just can't help it. Happens. It just kind of happens. 
it's probably a good thing too though right so like that we want that we end up being like the versions of our parents that made us who we are if we think we're good people Mm -hmm. right so it's probably not a bad thing right well it's funny because i feel like i'm not as good of a mom as my mom and Mm. i feel like it's still early because i don't remember what my mom was like necessarily Mm. when i was three or four years old i mean i remember her being playful and like supportive and i remember her talking to me a lot i tried to do that with olivia but you know when you just when you think highly of your parents you're like it just feels like a hard thing to stack up to. Like, What do you think is the reason for that gap, at least in your mind? Why, why do you think there is a gap? I mean, probably personality differences. Well, another big difference now, um, which I, I guess I can't even say that now. So my mom was 35 when she had me, mm-hmm. and she had already had another kid mm-hmm. uh, 11 years before. So she had kind of done like the parenting thing. She had like a while and... So she probably had different perspective or versus me being a first time mom and having to learn these things like, you know, the first kid's like the test dummy, you know, like, sorry, <laughs> like I'm just learning this too. Um, so that might be part of it. I was going to say age, but we were about the same. Like my mom, like I said, was 35 mm-hmm. and 34. Um, and then just like personality differences. Uh, so... Yeah. And I mean, like the way that my mom mothered me was a reflection of how she didn't like the fact that she didn't want to be like her mother. Mm. And she, I think, did a really good job of not having the relationship that she and her mom had. And so then she made me the way I am. But I'm not like her because I didn't go through I didn't have that relationship with my mom that she had with hers. And so I think. It's, you know, just like generations, it's all like molding. Everyone gets molded a certain way. And because of how the previous generation was molded, your mold's going to be based off of that a little bit, you know? So it's like I am who I am because she was who she was. And so now Olivia's getting the me from being Pam's daughter. Right, right, You know, like, I don't know. It's a roundabout way of saying that. But, um, yeah, so that's... And I'm I'm glad I'm different from my mom, but uh, yeah, some some things I just think out they're just destined to be different, right? You know, and that's so. okay. Yeah, and that's okay. <clears throat> yeah, I'm 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 coming to grips with me being a different kind of dad from my dad, mm-hmm. and I'm okay with that. Yeah, I think having definitely having Kobe, my son, um kind of like help to like ease that in mm-hmm. wow that were two <laughs> we got two kids i think i, I think i'm a dad <laughs> i think i think you definitely are i think yeah. i'm a dad yeah so um having having the second my having our second one kind of eased me into it and mm-hmm. uh knowing that I'm just, uh, I'm different. I grew up at a different time, different yeah. country, really, right? So right, moved right. from Nigeria to Jamaica to here. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just very different, exposed to a different world. It's mm-hmm. a different world than what he grew up with. Right. Kind of similar to your mom. It's a different environment that you grew up in. Mm-hmm. So you are bound to be a different person, and that's okay. Yeah. The, the what's important kind of gets carried along the way down the generations, and everything else is kind of just... Just cool. extra, just yeah. Just extra, extra yeah. cool things. Yeah. 
Yeah. Do you th- go ahead. No, go, you go, go ahead. ahead. No, I was going <laughs> to say, if, if you, so we're kind of, let's say, like we said, three or four years out mm-hmm. from training. Yeah. If you look ahead to five years from now, another three or four years out, so five years, mm-hmm. where do you see yourself from a, say, professional, and it, this is obviously a hyp- hypothetical. Yeah professional um where do you see yourself professionally or even personally any particular goals that you're looking forward to 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 um executing well i just want to be i've kind of always said this from the get-go um and different people have different ambitions i feel like in their careers and um because like the goals that like a radiation oncologist might have are probably different than what a pulmonologist mm-hmm, would have, mm-hmm. I'm sure. Um, what I've really wanted is just to like be very well established in the community, like have a really good name, you know, like people are going to get cancer, unfortunately. Right. So I would like for people to be like, Oh yeah, like I saw Dr. Brown, like kind of like my partner, um, my senior partner, she had this, um, she got this award recently um, it's called the Kaplan Compassionate Physicians Award. Wow. And it's actually an award that patients uh, nominate their doctor mm. for. And so it's like you have to amass kind of not a following, sounds like a cult, but like, you know, a population of patients. And you've you had this exemplary care for those people that think highly enough of you to like nominate you for something. Right, right. So just I, I would like. Not saying that like, I need that award, but like to what that, what have that, award, that name. Yeah, what that award know? means. Right, what yeah. it means to be known as like being compassionate, taking good care of people, being like trustworthy. Um, that's like the kind of name I want to build for myself, you know. Um, probably something like leadershipy. You know, I'll be older, I'll have more experience. So I'd like to be more involved in... Um, like cancer societies in the city. Mm. Um, yeah, I just, just kind of, I guess I just feel like I'm getting my footing now and like figuring out my practice and like figuring out how to drive from one clinic to another and like not mix up where I'm going, which yeah, day, yeah. like that type of thing. Um, but like, yeah, I just like to, to be comfortable and um, confident and like, well-known and well-respected, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. Mm-hmm. I get that. Do you, do you see yourself doing clinical bedside medicine, bedside radiation oncologist for as long as you can, as long as you can? Till the wheels fall off. Till the yeah. wheels fall off. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, I feel like, you know, you're so interested in me because you have a lot of interest <laughs> Um, and you have like a very well-rounded life, I feel. And I, I mean, I've always felt this way about being a doctor. I feel like Mm. this is like my skill set. This is like a very specific skill set. This is not going to translate to something (laughs) else. And you always think about like for us again, because we're so tech heavy, you think about AI, artificial Mm -hmm. intelligence and the role that's going to have. And like, Probably a good bit of what I do could have a component of AI. 
And so it's like, okay, what if like our jobs are like outsourced or um, what if cancer is cured? You know, like, so then what do you do? I mean, I think there'll always be a role for us. Um, I would probably try to pivot to, I would probably try to stay in oncology as like a specialty and do something else. I mean, there's other things you could do. Um, But yeah, like my end game is to like continue to be a radiation oncologist until, you know, robots (laughs) take us, take us over. Your, your uh, Instagram feed is one of my favorites to see because you, you always highlight in fact, if I, if I didn't know you, I wouldn't know you were a doctor or yeah. based off of your Instagram feed, right? Because mm-hmm. it's, it's always your family. It's always yeah. Olivia. It's always your kid. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's one of my favorites to kind of like scroll through. Whenever I'm scrolling through, I love seeing your, your, your posts and your images. Mm-hmm. And you guys are always up to something really, really cool in the city or wherever you guys are. I think y'all just came back from a trip. Where y'all... Where'd y'all go? Um, Chicago? We were in San Diego. San Diego. We were at a conference, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Was that a uh, radiation oncology? Uh, it was, yeah. It's like our big conference uh, called Astro, which is a really cool name. Astro? Astro. What's that stand for? Uh, American, stand for American Society for Therapeutic Radiation Oncology. Wow. <laughs> I'm jealous. <laughs> what's, the, what's the poem conference? Um, we have a couple, but chest Ah, come on. <laughs> you can't beat that. It's like it's, spot on. But I don't even think that's a I don't think that's a, a acronym. I think they're just like chest physicians. Oh. <laughs> it's not an acronym. I, I'm pretty sure it's not an acronym. It's just called lung. They're like lungs. Chest. Lungs and doctors. Yeah. <laughs> and we're at, it's predominantly pulmonologists that are there too. Mm-hmm. But I'm pretty sure that's it. Chest. And then we have ACP. Um, or ACCP, critical yeah. care. Yeah. And, um, and ACP is American College of Pulmonology, something like that. But yeah, chess. But I like astro. I like that. Mm-hmm. We need to be more creative. Although medical studies tend to like just pull any letter out of anywhere and just name it. Like for the acronym that they use, they're just like, oh, this is flower. And it's because, you know, whatever. I well, don't. yeah. <laughs> and there's like, this is such a like, male just a lot of things are male driven like whenever there's a treatment for any cancer and it's like for a male cancer like a prostate cancer treatment mm-hmm. or a prostate cancer trial it's always some really cool aggressive really manly provenge um i don't know just like it's always something like and like the women's ones are just kind of like letters thrown together but the men's if it's like a man type of cancer it's always like a really hard sounding, like cool name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Man, man, man's got a man's. Exactly. Man's got a man's. They got to make stuff sound cool. Yeah. yeah, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what do you like to do outside? Uh, other than the family, I think that's what I was trying to get to. Mm-hmm. Other than, you know, so there's work, there's family. What's your, what are your hobbies outside of mm-hmm. those very important parts of your life? What do you like to do? Yeah. I mean, I feel like, those two things take up a lot of my time, but um, otherwise, I really like. I'm like a New Orleans girl. Like, mm-hmm. I love festivals, which there's a lot of them, and like every year, I feel like there's more stuff to do in the city. There's always stuff. Um, I used to love. I, I still do love live music. You know, 
So it's like kind of like when you have a kid, you can't do all the stuff you would do before. I can't just pick up and like go to a jazz lounge, but like I love to do that. Um, Do you play an instrument? I don't play any instruments. Mm. No, I played violin until, well, for not until like when I was seven, but then I quit. (laughs) Would you pick it back up? Um, Would you pick an instrument? I would pick up piano, I think. Wow. I feel like I have the fingers for it. I feel like I get that a lot. <laughs> you should do it. Yeah. No, I'm 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 interested. And also when we get Olivia into an instrument, I was like, I'll probably try to learn something when she does. Um, I like to eat. I'm a big foodie. This is a city for it too. It's yeah. I mean, yeah, I just like I said, anything, food, music, um yeah. I like to shop. <laughs> I like to read. I like to I like to self care a lot. Mm-hmm. Like I pretty I try to like keep spa appointments, massage appointments pretty regularly. So that tell you uh, up until recently, I had never had a massage. Oh my gosh! I think you told me. That. Yeah, like in the last <laughs> what, year. What, Actually, last year this time. And it was a couple's massage. Yeah, yeah. Right? yeah. Last year this time. What Cause happened? Because it, it was for our anniversary. Did you fall asleep or something? No, what happened? She with was it? magical. <laughs> Oh yeah, like Renee had to like kind of break up this connection you had. <laughs> she was sensational, <laughs> sensational. I where was it at? Or this was, was at, that a hotel or uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, spa spa area in the hotel Monteleon. Uh huh. Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh my goodness. Are you gonna I, go back? Oh, we've been back several times. Oh really? <laughs> several times. Okay. Several times. I don't know what. So I was thirty four. It took me thirty four years to have a good massage, and I don't know. It's it's top five one of my greatest regrets. <laughs> I never had massages before. I so, was thirty five years old. Oh my goodness. When you told me these things, I kind of always feel like I just I need to dig more into Ugo because I feel like. Part of it is it like you you didn't grow up here, you know, right, so right. like a lot of the stuff that's normal in like our culture was like different from you. But like you're still so well balanced because I feel like me, I need massages <laughs> like I would be I would not be like this composed and well together without like those extra things. Oh, I mean, man. and keep in mind, I didn't start doing it until I was, you know, I had a job. Right, 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 right. Like I wasn't like a child getting a massage, <laughs> but um it's, but, a, it's a game changer. But like, yeah, but like you've you've done so well for yourself all this time without a massage. Now it's just an extra perk of life. I, I love it. I love it. Uh, we're probably going to have another one soon. Um, it's the power of healing touch. Right? It's it's I just I, it makes no sense. I don't, I don't understand. I it's it's such a profound difference when you get a really good massage like the the what's a good massage to you? <laughs> <laughs> I think there are the, so the way I understand it, and I'm not a massage connoisseur yet, right? But I will be, <laughs> I will be soon. <laughs> but the way I understand it, so you can have like a real deep tissue massage, mm-hmm. which I haven't had yet, but I'm looking forward to. Mm-hmm. I've just had like a regular, like you know, I guess soft Swedish, tissue. Yeah. Uh, it's Swedish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta learn the lingo. I know, I know. But you don't, you don't realize how tight. I think that's like you don't realize how tight you are. You, and mm-hmm. you've been, I've been tight for thirty-four years. It turns out, mm-hmm. and like, the, like a simple movement of just like getting up out of the bed, and it, it just felt good to do so. And then I realized, oh, that used to hurt. Mm-hmm. Like just getting, getting up from the massage table after she was done. 
I got up. I was like, "You're like, oh my gosh, I'm floating." Yeah, <laughs> like my body is just like caressing the air right now. It was just like, oh, like my muscles were nice and loose. I think if you can, if anyone can, it's one of the things. If I ever become obscenely rich, yeah, I'm getting a massage every day. Every day. Every yeah. day. Yeah. Wake up, work out, massage. Mm-hmm. That that would be my that would be my morning routine. Wake up, coffee, workout, massage, mm-hmm. and I do that every day. That has to be the way you live forever. So you're pretty invested. That is, yeah. That, that's the plan. But that's probably how obscenely rich people live, right? That's yeah. how they should live. If they don't live like that, I don't want to be rich. Like, what What's are you doing point? with your life? <laughs> What's the point? Oh, my goodness. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pro, you know, pro self-care, mm-hmm. in that, especially where spas and, and massages are concerned, for sure. Did your wife get you into these things? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And say I do know about those things. Yeah, yeah. She's in, she 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 doesn't. <coughs> so um, <laughs> she for the longest while, as long as we've known each other, like for my birthday, she takes my birthdays off. Like I'll be at work and she's off for my birthday. Oh yeah, having a, having a blast. Yeah, she goes and gets her massage and all that stuff. Yeah, and not to mention her birthday and anniversary and then any day that she just feels like it, she just goes and yeah. takes care of herself. Self care days are something I'm I'm becoming more intimately aware about. And what, and what that means, really, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah, yeah, I need that. We're lucky to, to you know, have the ability to do these things for I sure. Um, for sure. Because, like, yeah, just, like, in the stress of everything, um, it can be a game changer. Like, I get, like, a really great facial, really great massage. Mm-hmm. Have you had a facial? I've never had a facial. Got to get a facial. I did a... Um, um, Pedicure, mm-hmm. manicure, manicure. Yeah, manicure is your hands. Yeah, yeah. manicure. <laughs> I did. I did both. Unless yeah. your hands are like your feet. No, I did both. I got a manicure and a pedicure. I've only had those once. Mm-hmm. Um, it felt weird, like like they were going underneath my skin, my mm-hmm. my nail. But I liked the way my hand felt after two days. Some these are like such man descriptions of like <laughs> my nails. I like like most of the time we're just like, oh yeah, it looks nice, and you're like. My nail felt weird. Yeah, like it my was, skin was different. Yeah, it was very <laughs> soft, and so was the so was the Tex, the manicure Tex. Uh, uh-huh. Her her skin was. <laughs> you're like feeling her hands, and uh, she's like, yeah, she. I was you're like, wow, what do you do? What are you doing? Like it was just, it felt like cotton candy going over <laughs> your skin. It was, oh man. It's like, how did you get your hand to be like that? I didn't say it to her, but I was thinking about it. And Benet was watching me the entire time. She's like, you're, like she was so embarrassed because I was just <laughs> like a kid in a ex, like in some new fantastical place because that's what it felt like. That's good though. To yeah, be able to take in things like that, like this new wonder, new experience. <laughs> childlike I wonder. know that's what it was. It was really a childlike wonder. That's how I felt about the spa too. <clears throat> and every time I go, it always feels that way. Like, wow, I've really been missing out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I sit um, my work. I sit at a desk most of the time. Like you're pretty procedural, right? So yeah, you yeah, like yeah. you're up and you're walking around, you're doing rounds. Um, but most <clears throat> of my work, when I'm not seeing patients, even when you see patients, you're like sitting. Um, but then everything else is like computer stuff. So I get a lot of tension here. So I would be a wreck if I didn't get massages regularly. No. Would you? Um, <clears throat> would you encourage? It's not like it's like going to war or nothing, but would you encourage Olivia to do medicine? Like, has has your experience been such a positive experience that you would encourage her to 
do medicine. I, I, I ask that from a, from the sense of like an immigrant <laughs> perspective. Uh -huh. Our parents are very, yeah. um, they, they, they do kind of pressure you into certain fields, you know, sure. the, the typical lawyer, doctor, engineer kind of thing. Yeah. Do you feel that you have that inclination? You'd have that inclination for your own? Or are you more like, you know, whatever makes her happy kind of thing? I am. I'm, a, I'm more like whatever makes her happy. But I mean, within reason, because we live like capitalism, you know, like yeah. I can't. So I don't want to push her. I guess, well, to answer the first part of that, um, medical training sucks. It's really hard. It I'm different. So like, I mean, and you you know me like mm -hmm. but you know maybe not super well but um the person i was before medical school like the people that are closest to me so like my husband my mom or like it changed you like you're mm. much harder like you're meaner <laughs> really <laughs> yeah like and kind of like you know i just felt like it was so stressful and a lot of it was just like the pace of medical school and medical training you're having to absorb so much so quickly. You're having to <clears throat> regurgitate stuff. There's just all these expectations thrown on you. And so I kind of, I got into this very like lack of patience type of mm. mindset about things. Like I don't really have time for like that. I need to do this. Like my time is my time. If I have to study, like I can't, right. you know, you, you really have to be selfish during medical training. And um, certainly to, yeah. to produce, um, yeah. you have to... <laughs> It takes up so much of everything of who you are. Mm -hmm. You lose a lot in medical training. Yes. You lose a lot in medical for training. Sure. That's for sure. You lose like the sparkle in your eyes, yeah. you know, and, um, and yeah, I know that I'm different than I was before. So definitely like after medical school, even I think before having a kid, I was like, you know, I would never tell my kid to go to medical school because it's awful, you know, and you have all this debt. Um, you know, six figures of debt. That's like, um, I mean, it's, you know, the whole idea, I guess, is that like you should be making enough money to deal with your debt, mm -hmm. like whatever. But it's really like a loop. Cause like also going back to your question about, um, or not a loop, it's more of like a trap mm -hmm. <laughs> because your question about, <clears throat> um, what like, what do you see yourself doing or would you do something else? Like, I don't also don't feel like I could do anything else because mm. of my debt. Like I need to do this job <laughs> that's making this money. That's a good point. Yeah. Cause like, if I'm going to like go pursue some passion, whatever that is, it's like, is that going to pay off your loans? <laughs> if not, a, that's a great point. Yeah. So, so for that reason, like the, and I mean, I think I would help to subsidize whatever training she wants to do. So like I wouldn't leave her like I, I got left. Yeah. Mm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's just a lot of that. And so I was very bitter about medical training. So I would not push her to do it. I feel, and Olivia right now, she says, I'm going to be a doctor like my mommy. And it's super cute. And it's like, oh, you know, like she looks up to me, whatever right, that right, means right. for a three-year-old. And she also says, um, she, <laughs> she has this book and it's like a book of a little black girl. And it's like, girls, you know, girls like me, I can be a this, I can be a that. And one of them is someone who's in scrubs and she is, looks to be a surgeon probably, mm -hmm. but she has like a scalpel in her hand and Olivia's like, what's that? 
And I was like, it's a, it's a scalpel, you know, she's going to operate. And she was very fascinated by that. So she kind of wants to be a surgeon. There you go. I don't know if it's because she wants to cut people <laughs> or because she, <laughs> I think it's because she wants to cut people. Honestly, I think it's because she wants to hold sharp things. But I think that's kind of badass if my daughter wants to be a surgeon, because that's like a specialty that women are not represented, especially black women are not represented a lot. So that would be awesome. Yeah. Like I just, that's such an amazing thing to think of. So I'll say all that to say, I would, I don't want to encourage her, but oh. like, if that's what she wants to do and like, she has a passion for that, like you have to really want it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, cause every step of the way of training, it's just, it's hard. It's mentally, physically, it's everything hard. And so if you don't really want that, you don't want to be doing this just cause you want to make money or because you yeah. want to please someone like you kind of have to want it um so yeah like i'll so just kind of see what she you wouldn't um you wouldn't necessarily push her into it mm-hmm. but you wouldn't block her if she wanted to do no, it. no but right. i would like counsel her like this is hard right. this will change you like this is you know and so i also feel like maybe i haven't gotten to see all of the rewards yet because I'm still like figuring myself out as a new doctor and so maybe if you ask me this in 10 years you know I'll say oh 100% that's worth it you know and um, like one of my best friends both her parents are physicians and she was always on the track to be a physician Mm -hmm. Um, she had that that dream the the life that they painted the life that they provided for their family and their lifestyle and everything and so um and just like the things that you glamorize about medicine the heroicism like Mm -hmm. my dad's a surgeon my mom does this and uh so yeah I, i don't think i want to sway olivia into that but yeah if she wants to do that then yeah we can talk about it i love i love the part where you when you hinted about being uh, sort of a guidance, like a counselor for her, mm-hmm. which a lot of us don't have, right? So mm-hmm. my mom is a doctor, but she was kind of... I didn't know that. Uh-huh. Mom is a family, family medicine doctor. That's she's cool. in, Yeah, back home. Uh-huh. And well, she's in the Cayman Islands. Um, And it's really cool. So to this day, I don't really go by Dr. Ezema. I go by Dr. Ugo because I think of my mom oh. when I hear Dr. Ezema. Um, Ugo being my first name, of course, but I'm okay with that. Um, but yeah, her kind of counseling, but mom was also very good at not being a a doctor when she's with us. Mm -hmm. So I, all the counseling she ever gave me was from a mom perspective. It it was never from a doctor. I don't think it was ever from, I I don't ever recall her being a, a, uh, physician counselor in that sense. Right. Mm -hmm. But so I, I'm curious to, I'd be really curious to see if in 20 years, Olivia is like, yeah, I want to go to medical school. I'd, I'd, right. l- I'd love to see how you would like mm-hmm. counsel. Would you be a, a, a nice, good blend of both? Like obviously giving her, and I think you will actually, now that I'm hearing you talk about it, I think you would be a, a really good, like mm-hmm. real life counselor. Like, you know, yeah. like you're pointing out, this is tough, right? So, yeah. and then still kind of smoothed over being being a, a mom there. I think you do a really good job of that. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Did you want to be a doctor because of your mom? No, I didn't want to be a doctor at all. Oh, okay. um, I felt pushed into it. Mm-hmm. I felt like they kind of forced. My dad is a pharmacist. 
Okay. And I felt like they kind of forced me into it. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to do it for a very long time. I actually, I graduated pre-med and I told them, I was like, nah, I'm not going I'm not gonna do it. Talk. <laughs> and so I took a year off. Oh, okay. I worked at a hospital, Shaber, uh-huh. as a lab tech. Wow. And a psych aide. And they have residents. Um, so the people I worked with knew I was vaguely interested in being going into medical school. Mm-hmm. So they would always say, Hey, you know, like they're doing this, they're doing a bone marrow biopsy, you should go. Okay. Just go watch. You know, I remember what like them like I'd be in the middle of a test tube and about to put in the centrifuge, like, yo, they're they're mm-hmm. doing uh whatever. Mm-hmm. You should you should go watch mm-hmm. my my coworkers. Mm-hmm. And um and so my mom calls me one day. This is how I got to a Caribbean medical school. My mom calls me because she's in the Cayman Island and she calls me, she's like, Hey, I just drove by this medical school here. You should apply. By that time I had kind of gained my own internal like curiosity moms I, always know how to drop a little nugget know, at the right time she could sense it she's she like it. i think his mind's she right she got it and she calls me and <clears throat> and i you know like i said by that time i had my own like internal curiosity and yeah. drive to maybe i could do this like maybe this is something i do want to do right right and um it took that year for me to find that out otherwise i'd have never I don't think I would have felt fulfilled. Mm-hmm. If I hadn't taken that year and I still went to medical school, I don't think I would have been as fulfilled as I am now yeah. about medicine. But it took that year. I applied, got in, mm-hmm. obviously, and then the rest is kind of history. So I'm really thankful for that. That's nice, yeah, yeah. To, to be able to find it on your own. I mean, I feel like you probably... It's probably going to happen anyway, because it's probably, probably like in your head, like Inception. Like yeah, you're yeah, probably, yeah, it was yeah. like, it was going to happen somehow. Yeah. They definitely implanted it a while back. I think I think I had never really gotten to be I think there's a lot of nuance to it. I had never really gotten to be a rebel. I was I, I think I was a very good kid. Right. So I, I, I always listened to them. And this was my opportunity to just like, no, nah, I'm not going to do it. Mm-hmm. And I chose the biggest <laughs> decision. Uh, one yeah. could take and just say, I'm not going, I'm not going to be a doctor. Right. Um, I think a part of it was just me looking for a reason to be rebellious. Um, That's some good insight. To be my own person. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, I was what, 20, 21 when I graduated from, from college. So mm-hmm. uh, maybe I was scared too. Right. So like, oh, I yeah. think I was also scared about, cause college had been, that's the other thing. College had been so, such a big part of my life. I, like, I feel like I've, found myself i found and i I do get attached to familiarity Mm -hmm. right once i once somewhere becomes kind of home for me Mm -hmm. it kind of sticks and i think the idea of of leaving that familiarity that neighborhood yeah yeah, kind of also played a role in that and you met your wife in college yeah yeah Yeah. so we met there too we had just started dating Mm -hmm. um i tell her all the time that she's the reason i'm a doctor um and she is because I definitely was part of the reason I wanted to stay too was because we just met. Mm-hmm. Um, I really, really liked her. I was like, ah, man, if I leave now, I don't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So it worked out. Yeah, that's <laughs> good. Yeah. Well, Marcus, my husband, he would say he's the reason I got into medical school because he actually paid for the application fee for the school I got into. I love it. <laughs> I love it. So it's just kind of like, yeah, it's technically kind of true. You're not wrong. Yeah. You're not wrong. Not wrong about that. Yeah. But my mom also definitely 
she's a nurse. She's a nurse practitioner now. Oh, that's awesome. And when I grew up, I was like, I want to be a nurse like my mom. She's like, no, you want to be a doctor. So that's literally how my life went. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> sure. If, if someone waves a magic wand right now today and says, you can't be a doctor anymore, you cannot. Death, your death is also gone. Okay. <laughs> your, your, I was like, is there a cliff nearby? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> your death is also gone. All that. So you, your, your degree is actually useless. There's nothing okay. you can do with it. Sure. Um, but you can be whoever you want to be. Okay. That's not a, that's not a doctor. You could be whoever you want to be. I just like magically can do whatever. Whatever you want. Whatever I want. Um, finances will not be an issue. Mm -hmm. you, let's say you have $10 million mm -hmm. and you have no, no worries, yeah. right? What would you do? Um, well, there's two things. The first thing that came to mind was what I thought I wanted to be for a while, which was an architect. But... Mm. Um, that was because I liked Legos and <laughs> I realized being an architect is not like building Legos, but I liked designing buildings. I mean, I was pretty like, you know, complex with my Legos. Um, but I feel like that's just like a silly kid thing. I think what I really would have done though, or what I would do, I would be a dancer. Mm. So I did, I was, I did like school dance. Mm -hmm. I, I stopped high school basically like going into high school because I was, pretty heavy on like I'm going to be a doctor and like college prep. And so I was like going to put all my energy into that. So I wasn't going to dance too. Cause we had the option of also splitting part of high school and like a dance program. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't want to do that cause I wanted to like focus heavily on the, you know, getting into like a good school, all that stuff. Um, but I would, I'd be a ballerina. Yeah. Really? I'd be ba ballet and modern probably dance. Do you think you would do more of the, the like instructing like in like a like a dance like a dance educator of course you're still dancing or mm -hmm. like you'd be the one like the show i'd be the prima ballerina Ooh. yeah i would yeah i would be like the lead of the show i'd be um yeah i would be the the headliner um and just I kind of, when I was growing up, I was like, maybe I could do both somehow. But yeah, just like when you put all of your energy into something, I don't know. I just didn't find that balance. And I've thought about that even nowadays. Like there's adult dance classes. Yeah. I'm like, should I start again? You know, like. You should. You're right. I should. I totally should. But that would definitely be such a huge dream. You should 100%. Yeah. Like why not, right? <clears throat> yeah. The only thing... um you only regret the things you never do, really, mm -hmm. I think. <laughs> mm -hmm. Especially for something this, you answer that way too easily for it to not, yeah. be, for it to not be true. So you should 100% do it. Yeah. I mean, I like love being on stage, love dancing. Dancing was like therapy for a long time before you like, you know, are an adult with <laughs> problems you feel like you need to talk to someone right, about. <laughs> right. Is Olivia in dance? She is, yeah. What's that like seeing her when she's dancing? It's, do you do you think about you when you see her? Yeah, I do. And like well, kind of to the thing about if I want her to be in to be a doctor, 
I try not to like put my expectations on her, That's you fair. know, because I'll end up disappointed. You know what I mean? Cause then you don't want to like, yeah, you don't want that to be a weird dynamic between you and your kids where yeah. you're trying to fulfill your dream through your kids. So I just, I really try to like expose her to, I'm sure you do too, like yeah. expose her to everything and see what she likes. And she likes dance. She likes tap. So it's tap it's, dancing. Yeah. What? Yeah. It's like, a, well, it's like, Three-year-olds, not like... Oh, you got to um, let us know when she has a show. We'll show up. Okay, yeah. We it's, will 100% show up. There is a recital and we have tickets, yeah. Yeah. Um. So, so yeah, it's like, it's cute and um, I don't put my own, like, expectations about her into it. Also, dancing is like, you know, it's a physically demanding type of thing mm-hmm. and... Um, you think about like body weight issues for girls that can be a problem with mm. dancing. So there's a lot that I don't want to, I just want her to find what she likes and, and go from there. But. I, I recently, I think my, my brother had bought um, these goals, these soccer goals, football mm-hmm. goals. And so we have them in the backyard mm-hmm. and uh, he, he bought it for Bijou and Bijou goes out there and kicks every once in a while and the last like two weeks or so, Kobe has been picking up the football, oh. and he's into it. Uh-huh. <laughs> he's into it, and <clears throat> man. And that's what you would have done if you could have, if you were to do something else. You'd be a uh, soccer player. No, I don't think. I, I what I wish. I think I wish I played sports, um, specifically soccer and basketball. Um, competitively, I never got to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, at least in on a from a high school perspective or a collegiate uh, perspective, maybe I wasn't good enough anyway. But I never really tried because I was, you know, I was a firstborn, so I I had to like. I think, like you said, our parents, you know, mm-hmm. they lean heavy on the first one. It's oh, like, yeah. uh, well, all my siblings all got the chance to play collegiate, not oh. collegiate, but like I played in some sort of intramural sport mm-hmm. in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think anyone did anything in college, but certainly in high school, mm-hmm. but it definitely wasn't without that. They couldn't, um, mm-hmm. they're all like athletically gifted. Oh yeah. And they could have, if they wanted, I think, mm-hmm. but that's one thing I wish I could have done. So I think if, if I could do it all over again, I would in high school and in college, I would try to play either soccer or mm-hmm. basketball. Um, I don't, uh, I probably wouldn't have been good enough for basketball, especially here in the United States. Cause you know, that's a, that's a <laughs> much bigger sport. Yeah. But I'd have loved to give that a shot. Yeah. I um, didn't play sports either. No. Yeah, just yeah. to dance until high school. And I love it. I love it. I play in the league here in New Orleans mm-hmm. for, for football, soccer. Mm-hmm. And and like seeing him the other day, like he'd pick it up. Wait, kick. yeah. So when you said he picked up the football, you mean American soccer ball? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. He picked it up. He picked it up and and he would put it down properly and then he'd like back up and he'd run towards it and kick it. And he keeps, I was just like. Okay. Huh. And he loves it. It sparked something in Oh, you. man. It, it did something to me. It yeah. did something to me that I didn't think. And I was out there with him for about an hour just kicking the football. And it was just like, man, this is, this is awesome. Mm-hmm. But I agree with you. I have to be, I, I need to also be careful that I'm, I don't, um, that's actually a very good point. I don't want to weigh my kid down with my own dreams. Mm-hmm. So I need to be very careful about that. 
Yeah. I mean, we're all like we do it to a certain extent. And for my mom, like I think she wanted to be a doctor, you know, mm. it paid off because I ended up being a doctor. And it's not like it's a bad thing, but um, yeah. So do you think you would push your kids into medicine or you think just. I think I, I'm, I'm like you. If they want to do it, I I definitely support them through it. Mm-hmm. I think I they definitely have a proper discussion with them about mm-hmm. what to expect. Mm-hmm. Um, it it really does cost something. I was I don't know who I was telling this to, but I feel like in terms of, I've lost twelve years. Yeah, <laughs> because societal wise, I'm I'm not thirty five. I think societal wise, I'm. 23-ish, right? Because sure. so, that's the, I am where all my colleagues started out mm-hmm. post-masters, post-whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so they, they have a 10-year societal like experience that I yeah. 100% that I don't have, right? So yeah. Or just hold up studying all exactly, the time and exactly. not living life and exactly. buying a house and all those exactly. things. Exactly. <laughs> and, and, and I'm just catching up. So yeah. um, it really does take a toll, um, and I, I now I feel like I am reaping the benefits of that, right? Right. That, right. And and I'm thankful for that ex- of, f- that I'm here now. I, mm-hmm. The way I had described it before was that if if someone told me in 2005 when I started college mm-hmm. that you would not be done <laughs> until 2021. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 2021. Yeah, because maybe you didn't know you were going to do like fellowship and right. like all of that. Like 2021 is when you will start working yeah. as an attending. Yeah. In 2005, mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't do it. Yeah. But the only person that could convince me of that would be me. Mm-hmm. Like I'd be like, you know what, just <laughs> you got this. Stick through it. It's worth it in the end. Right. Yeah, I think me now, I would probably still tell myself to stick through it. Right. But it's just like not something. It's like this weird thing where like I'm I'm grateful for where I'm at and like I, I appreciate it. But also like I tell other people like don't do it, you know, like <laughs> it doesn't really make any sense. And I can't really, you know, I can't explain it. But it's worth it in the end for sure. Yeah. Um. I think I think that's it. That's it. Yeah. All right. This was good. This was fun. Yeah. Thank you so much. We're gonna to have to have a, a an annual follow up. We definitely need a ten a ten at. year follow up. <laughs> ten year follow up. So yeah. I can maybe tell you'll you. be a ballerina and dancing. Oh my goodness! Wouldn't that be crazy? That'd be something. <laughs> In ten years, you you'll be part timing as a radiation oncologist. Part time. Yeah. I thought you, I was thinking full time. <laughs> part time as a radiation oncologist and uh-huh. and you know. Headlining the Sanger Theater as a ballerina. Yeah. Oh wait, no. Is it which? What's the dance theater here? Mahalia, Jackson. Um, that is one of them. Yeah. I mean, mm. there's other places. So like, um, like we go to see the Nutcracker at the Orpheum. The Orpheum. Mm-hmm. That's a good so, one. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Thank you so much. Yeah. This was thank, really good. Thank you. I can't wait. Can't, I can't wait to wait. come back. I know. I know. <laughs> we'll set you up soon. Awesome. All right. Let us know when uh, Olivia has um, her recital. We'll show up. I will. I got some tickets for you. (laughs) All right. Thank you. All right.